Roll down tide. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, this is the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. Like to hear a little bit more conviction in your take, though. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions. You need to just get on here. You need to fire and and put me in a position where I have to tell you that you're wrong. And now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Nice, nice. Welcome to another edition of The Beer Garden, presented by Oxford Crystal. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, Jonathan Howard joins. We're going to talk bourbon, uh, what you need to know about how the uh, the bourbon craze is taking off, how that uh, impacts you when you go to the liquor store. Um, we'll talk about a few other things as well, a little bit on gin, a little bit on rum, but mostly bourbon with Jonathan, and then... Uh, some of you asked for a return from uh, one Carson McCready. We talked some NBA. We t- run the risk of taping an NBA segment on a day when everything could uh, could completely change at the in the blink of an eye, uh, based on uh, Kawhi Leonard. As we uh, taped, Kawhi Leonard had not made a decision. It's Toronto, the Clippers, the Lakers. There are rumors all over the place. So we'll touch on NBA. Uh, ask him what's wrong with uh, the Chicago Cubs. He gets offended. Um, you'll hear that. It's a little Fourth of July fun uh, as we tape this uh, beer garden podcast, sort of as a fill-in uh, today for uh, Wednesday, the rest of the week on the uh, Oxford Exxon podcast. So before we get to uh, Jonathan, before we get to Carson, let me tell you about the Oxford Crystal Highway 6 West in Oxford, right next door to the Oxford Exxon, where you can get all-you-can-eat crystals and fries, dine-in only, for $5.99 every day. All-you-can-eat, $5.99 there at the Oxford Crystal. They have the $3 square meal, of course, and they've got scrambler breakfast bowls, uh, bacon, sausage, whatever it is that you want on your uh, scrambler breakfast bowl. Great way to start your day at the Oxford Crystal Highway 6 West in Oxford. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call the number. Ask for Corey Clark and uh, tell Corey what Ford you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no haggle. There's no hassle. Great service. Delivery options. Everything you could want. Corey wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. He'll prove it to you. 662-257-1900. Tell him you heard about Clark Ford on any of our family of podcasts. You'll save $500 off your bottom line. Also coming to you from Community Mortgage. Community Mortgage located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, and Chattanooga. 30-plus years old. One of the oldest mortgage companies in the southeast. All of the underwriting and the processing is done in Memphis. You get local underwriting that understands your market and it's the leader in condo financing in the Oxford market. So ask Jason about Community Mortgage's float-down option, which allows you to lock in the current rate, but if rates go down before you close, you can get the lower rate. You can get in touch with Jason Lowe, J-L-O-W-E, at communitymtg.com. Now, here's Jonathan Howard. Jonathan, as always, welcome into uh, the beer garden. Good to have you here. Good uh, to be here. I am sorry about your Knicks. I, <laughs> I could have told you this was coming. I suspect you probably knew this was coming. But I, I do respect the hoping until the bitter end that just maybe the team that has let you down for decades is going to suddenly get it right. Well, yeah, it, it was a hope and a prayer. I kind of, I mean, the most Knicks thing in the world happened when we lost the lottery. Um, of course. <laughs> so that happens, and we strike out in free agency. I do like the pieces we got, but I don't like, you know, I just think if, if, if Dole, if our, if our owner actually cared about the team, he'd sell it because he, he has, you know, he's getting ran out. He got ran, you know, we lost the city of New York to, to Brooklyn. Brooklyn is now the premier program or the premier um, For sure. organization in that city, uh, and it's not even close. They've created a winner in five years, and we're still haven't seen – a playoff win in, I don't know, eight years. We haven't seen a championship in 50. More, you know, they keep resting on their laurels. Oh, you get to play at Madison Square Garden. I was like, that's cool. They get to play at the Barclays Center with Rock Nation and Jay-Z. It's just that we need to catch up with the times. But it was, you know, I was, I was praying. I was hoping that maybe this was it. 
there's no way our luck's that bad, but I happen to be a New York sports fan, and uh, every bit of luck is that bad for us at the moment. Yeah, they desperately needed to win the lottery. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, that was they needed Zion badly, and when they didn't get him, and although I don't think as much as everybody is enthralled with Zion, I don't think that Zion Williamson was going to bring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving no. to New York. Um, no, he wasn't. But I, I tell you what I do like about what the Knicks have done, and it's been sort of sneaky. They've done two things. One, they've I, I like R.J. Barrett, first of all. I think he's got a chance to be a, 100%. a, a really good NBA player. Um, and then, two, they've brought in some real professional veteran guys that two things – uh, and I think Fisdale's a good coach, and so I think 100%. I think they'll play hard. I think that they will look like an NBA team. And two things that's going to help R.J. Barrett learn how to be a professional. Mm-hmm. And then two, when they get to the deadline, they're going to have some attractive pieces that they can sell off for assets. They're going to right. be able to improve their roster a second time if they'll do it the right way but that's where you get into the culture that's established or not established inside an organization it's one of the things that Brooklyn did so well they they had a a really good culture the last few years and and mm-hmm. um it it's paid well, that's off how, that's how Golden State built they built through the draft the culture you know they 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 were a team that drafted that team that won you know, Kevin Durant was that final piece that took them over the top. And if you look at what they did as an organization, they built everything through the draft and development. And, you know, I don't think um, – who's the coach before Kerr gets enough credit? I can't, he's, he was a former NBA player. I can't think of it at the moment. But he doesn't get enough credit for the work he did with those guys, getting Mark play, Jackson. getting – you know, jumping ahead of the Knicks, honestly, because the Knicks were going to take Steph Curry at seven the year he came out. And the Golden State Warriors just pulled the, pulled the trigger on him the, the pick before <laughs> – so, you know, you build that way. Like, I love Julius Randle. I think that Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, uh, and the other guys escaping me, but I think they're going to add, like you said, some some leadership, some culture stuff, and R.J. Barrett are going to go really well with the athletes that they have. Because if you look at, at Knox and Dennis Smith Jr., and these guys are like very athletic players, Mitchell Robinson, but they just they needed some finesse people. I, I was hoping we would go really hard for J.J. Redick. I think we need a sniper. Uh, you know, him or Seth Curry, I thought those one of those two guys would be something would be – we've still got something like $24 million in cap space right now. So hopefully that we show signs that maybe somebody wants to come with the deadline. Like you said, we have some assets. We can give some salary, a sign-and-trade situation. But, you know, typical offseason, I was hoping for the NFL draft and the, the, the Giants took Daniel Jones and then was hoping for the NBA draft and we lose the, the lottery and now free agency came up nil. So it's a uh, it, – it's going to be a rebuilding uh, sports uh, life for me, I feel. Uh, yeah, I suspect so. One of the things I really <laughs> wanted to talk to you about is, um, and, and I'm, listen, I'm, I'm part of it too, the, the bourbon craze that has taken off in, in America, and, and it's great right. for the business, and I know that you make your living uh, with, with Dickel and, and uh, uh, stuff like that. Well, so yeah. as, with a lot of things, you're very involved with, uh, with, with the, the – spirit industry the the bourbon thing is the is the big craze right now and uh, mm-hmm. you know suddenly it's it's difficult to find certain bottles that kind of thing what is one of the big what's one of the big misunderstandings that people have about the different products that come from you know a certain distillery so like if, let's take buffalo trace for instance and this kind of goes back to a conversation we were having on the board a couple of days ago um, let's take a, a distillery everyone knows, Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace only uses three mash builds, so, um, and they have bases for each one. The, they have a weeded mash build where their base is W.L. Weller. They have a um, higher rye, so that's you know, 90, sorry, it's 88 to 85% corn. The rest is rye uh, mash build, which is going to be your base for Buffalo Trace. And then your higher rye, or sorry, your lower rye, which is going to be a base for ancient age. So those are sort of the three base things you have. Now, I use that distillery because it's got the most bourbons I feel people know. Every bottle of, you know, Pappy starts as a Weller bottle. And then the blending team finds out through the process of checking the ricks every six months to a year what has the properties that would be a good or a, a – a product that's going to age well enough to get into those Pappy Van Winkle marks. And the same thing with Buffalo Trace. Now, Buffalo Trace, 
as it is, um, you know, six year liquid. So that's going to become your Eagle rares. That's going to become your, uh, from your Eagle rares, your, uh, God, I'm trying to think of the rest of their line at the moment. Your George T. Staggs, your W. O. Weller, sorry, not your Weller's, your Staggs and things like that. So that's what, um, that's what those come. Ancient age is where you're going to get your Blantons from that sort of stock. So it all starts out as that same distillate that, over the course of time, they taste and say this is going to be able to be blended in with other whiskeys to create this profile that we normally have for this other whiskey. So, I mean, a lot of people understand that this, the six-year you know, Buffalo Trace is the same distillate that you have in these expensive bottles of George T. Stagg. It's just that they age differently. They're in different sort of sweet spots and things, so they interact with the wood separately, um, which, which – changes so everything kind of starts there a lot of people think oh well they you know it's a different thing no no no. it's i mean eagle rare is just buffalo trace that per, is the same liquid as buffalo trace that just matured differently and they blended and it's a different age and then all the whiskey is obviously not diluted down so the reason they can all start with that same that same mash bill and that same stock and then get pulled is because they can dilute down at different levels you know um and then the big distillers like Buffalo Trace sell off their whiskey. Um, you know, the question was, uh, we're talking about Widow Jane, which is a great, great bourbon. Like, I, I remember I was running American whiskey in New York City when this Brooklyn whiskey or Brooklyn bourbon came to market. And we sold a lot of it. Um, but what they were doing is they're buying barrels of Buffalo Trace six year, aging it for one extra year, and then diluting it down after afterwards with uh, water from the Widow Jane Springs, which creates their own whiskey, but it started out as that stock. So there are a lot of, of whiskeys that started out that are that were buying barrels. Um, Bullet, full disclosure, was buying from Four Roses, buying, buying several different stocks of Four Roses, and then blending them together to create what is Bullet. Since then, we have opened a distillery in Shelbyville, Kentucky, which just recreates that entire process and those exact processes blending them together to, to give us that same level of, of product. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. Good whiskey is good whiskey, but just a lot of people are kind of misinformed about, you know, the, the base and the structures and the business of whiskey. Old Scout is distilled and they're doing contract distilling, right? At George Dickel. So George Dickel makes Old Scout, but that's different than buying barrels. They are working with the distillery to contract for them much like, bullet did with four roses for years um the the whole bourbon craze as it takes off and there's no sign of it ending this no. is this is going to sound like a dumb question is there should there be any concern about supply and demand i mean for some of these i mean look if you've aged something for six yes. years six years yes. is six years yes well it's it's also it's it, and it's not for the reasons you may think it's not just for the fact that yes, what people what you're seeing is you're starting to see price increase because the rarity of something increases. So it's it's all supply and demand. Where you're seeing a problem is there's not enough American wood to be cut down to create barrels to make bourbon. That's where we're getting into a problem. We're getting into a problem is that trees have got to grow so they can be made into barrel because it can only be made from American oak and used one time. So. That's why you're starting to see less bourbon and more American whiskeys and uh, rye and single malt American whiskeys because they can reuse the barrels. See, that's the biggest issue right now is, is that we can't make barrels fast enough, and there's starting to become a lot of protective agencies that are keeping the, the bourbon industry or the whiskey industry from cutting these trees down because it, it would decimate the American tree population, American oak population at least. So what's the solution long term? Uh, right now, there's there. It's kind of like, uh, you know, in tequila, agave is having a shortage, and so um, they're having to to make tequila more expensive to kind of slow down the buy ups and slow down the processes. You know, Buffalo Trace facility does a really good job. They only make as much as they make, and if it's gone, it's gone. That's why you'll see Buffalo Trace is what we call an allocation where um, bars and restaurants can't order it because there is none in stock, and you get a certain amount of bottles per um, per month or per year for your, for your bar or restaurant. So there are 
ways that people are curbing it. But at this point, they're just they're they're hoping that the projections are are keeping them to um, having um, whiskeys that are, you know, not necessarily so bourbon driven. They can say, well, rye is picking up exponentially, you know, American single malt. I mean, hell, if you make a bourbon the exact same way and you age it in a, in a, in a once used cask, that's just an American whiskey. You can't call it a bourbon, but it's an American whiskey. And it's basically going to be just about the same product. Um, so people are starting to experiment with more labels and more things like that. That's why you're seeing Woodford Reserve is coming out. They have a rye, they have a, a, a malted whiskey. So even these big companies are starting to diversify the whiskey they're making because of the wood that they're being able to use and because of demand. Are there some, uh, you mentioned different labels. Are there some labels that have kind of gotten your attention? Yeah, uh, it's expensive as hell, but Peerless Rye, I, I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of experience with that until I went to Kentucky a lot for work. Uh, and man, that stuff's good. It's expensive. I mean, it's a hundred dollars a bottle, but ooh, it's good. Um, it's a rye. Usually I, I save rice for, for cocktails. Um, but I, I really, really, really love, um, peerless rye just on the rocks. Uh, old scout again, old scouts making really good whiskey. They just actually got bought by Pernod Ricard from being a in, independent to being bought by Pernod Ricard, which is going to give them more funds and, and more ways to kind of like utilize their product and then just more buying power in general. So you're going to see some, some cool products come out of there. Um, you know, and then I, I'm trying to like, I, I, IW Harper 15 year, which is, is, is one of ours, but it's something you can't get in Tennessee. So that's just something I've, I've seen us use and utilize those barrels and then finishing in other barrels. I'm also seeing a lot of Scotch barrel finishing uh, in whiskey now as well, which is kind of cool. Like some people that are experimenting with finishing a bourbon in a Scotch barrel. So, that, you know, you're getting that, you can call, you know, getting at that age and wood and wood contact, but you're getting some of those more little smokier con- uh, uh, flavors in it. These are all experimental things that haven't hit market yet that we're probably going to see in the next like, three to four years. That's kind of like that. Uh, you and I went out in Nashville, well, I guess, when I was up there for the SEC yeah. tournament. And what was the cocktail that I had? It was, it was with, I think it was with scotch, but it was, uh, it was kind of smoky. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, it was, it was a star drink, right? Yeah. Old pal. An old pal. So it's basically an agroni with scotch, and then I use dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth. So scotch, Campari, and, uh, and dry vermouth. Um, but you use an ounce and a half of, of scotch to three quarters of an ounce of, of um, dry vermouth and Campari. It's delicious. It's really easy to drink. Um, and it's, again, it gets that spirited, strong, strong cocktail. It's kind of a different take on a Boulevardier, right? Well, yeah, they all come from the Negroni family for sure. Okay. Um, what do you, what do you, I, I see them sometimes and I've tried some of them um, just as a, because the price point on some of them is, is, is kind of low. What are your thoughts on some of the Colorado whiskeys? Do any of them do anything for you? I love, yes. Uh, Breckenridge is a fantastic Colorado whiskey. I mean, Breckenridge is really good. And then Stranahan's, if you can get the, Stranahan's is also, um, it's good. Like the, the, the regular Stranahan's is a little rough for me, but they have a, they have like the double diamond, which is their like higher end, which is really tasty. I feel like that, that whiskey and the way they make it just needs a little more age. And, um, you know, I've been to that distillery. I went to that distillery two years ago and it's really kind of impressive what they put out of that little place. Um, but yeah, like those two, like Breckenridge is really good. It's a highly underrated, um, highly underrated you know, whiskey and, and, and Stranahan's again, great for cocktails though. Stranahan's is really, really, really good at cocktails. Um, you still sticking with your prediction that rum's the next big hot thing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's in Nashville in the last 18 months, we've opened one, two, three, four rum focused bars, and there's two more on the way. Yeah, that's that's probably a sign. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's <laughs> a lot. And then you're seeing, I mean, the tiki culture, sort of like tiki bars, re, you know, just popping back up. That has been uh, one of the biggest sort of proponents to uh the rum 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 coming back and so you're seeing that and you're seeing more people drink rum you know, we had a really great you know the old-fashioned conversation um right with 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 um 
people on the board, like we were talking about, you know, rummel fashions and uh, the fashion and people try I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's delicious. But then you can, you can even take, you can take rum and you add like a really smoky single malt to it. So an ounce and a half of Zacapa to just like a half ounce of like Lagavulin or Laforge, one of those really smoky single malts, make an old fashioned out of it. You've got something that's deep and smoky and rich and, and really delicious. So the fact that like you can even put rum in an old fashioned cocktail um, versus just like knowing it's not just for sweet drinks is, is, is kind of cool to see a lot of people playing with that and, and a lot of reception we got from the board. But yeah, man, I think rum is the next thing. And um, it, which is interesting because it's, it was the first thing. It was the first drink of America was rum. Yeah, because the uh, triangle trade during the colonial era, Americans were making rum that then got shipped to New York City. The only people drinking gin or anything like that were British officers. Uh, and then later on in the colonial era, Washington and some other co- colonists started to make whiskey, but the, not the whiskey we know, whiskey that was just white, right? They didn't make because that's what was available in America was corn, not you know, not sugarcane. So <clears throat> rum was the first drink of America, really the first spirit of America. So like to see it come back is, is kind of a cool way. And to see it being utilized in more than just sweet fruity ways is probably my favorite part. Cause it's a really, really beautiful spirit. Okay. Crazy question here. And I know I'm probably keeping you too long, but um, yeah. I was at a, a new gin distillery that opened up in, in Taylor, just, just a few miles from Oxford. Uh, Wonderbird. Yeah. And I'm not usually a gin person, and their gin was uh-huh. just delicious. And mm-hmm. they, when I tried it uh, straight, it was I guess they had taken it out of a freezer or a refrigerator. Yeah. Should mm-hmm. should people refrigerate or freeze? Gin? I, mean, I know it's not going to freeze, but put it in a freezer. Your vodka, your gin is that is that better, or or does it, does it make a difference? It it does. It but what it does it on a molecular level, it softens everything. So the flavors aren't as intense. So most people's problem with gin is they get hit with this really brisk amount of juniper, which is going to be like pine trees, which is why everyone goes, oh, it's like drinking pine salt. Yes, that gin is 100% like drinking pine salt. The juniper berry comes from the pine family. But so what that's going to do, it's going to like all those um, congeners and all those sort of like enzymes that create flavor are subdued because of temperature. Now, once they warm up, they open up, which is why you like, you take it same thing with wine. You take red wine. It's not meant to be cold, not because it's not meant to be cold because of temperature. It's meant because aromatics are completely stripped from, from the wine because it's cold. So temperature releases flavor, releases um, aromatic. And that's why, you know, it's probably smoother to people. That's why it's cold. That's why people chill tequila shots because it just takes the edge off because of the temperature. Gotcha. Uh, what are your yeah. plans for the fourth? Uh, I've got my I got my little dude. So me and little man are going to go down to my aunt's house where my my uh, younger brother and his his three children will be, and all the kids are just we're going to grill out and hang out at the pool, and that night probably do s'mores by a bonfire kind of thing, and then go to sleep early. Then I'm driving to Florida first thing the next morning. Well, enjoy the holiday. Thanks for the visit and uh, safe travels. All right. Thanks, brother. You too. Talk to you soon. All right. Our thanks to Jonathan for his time today. We'll get to uh, Carson in just a minute. First, let me tell you about LB's Meat Market. Uh, LB's is where I'm going for my 4th of July uh, stuff, getting a brisket, getting some ribs. It's uh, the freshest cuts in Oxford. It's prime, uh, great product. Greg and the people, Greg Jones and the people there at LB's, they, they will take tremendous care of you. Uh, all you got to go in, you want to get some extra stuff, all you have to do is tell them you heard about it on the beer garden. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. He'll take care of you. He'll give you some sausages. He'll give you some potatoes, whatever it is maybe that you want. Who knows? He'll throw it in. Just tell him you heard about it on the podcast. You're helping yourself. You're helping us. We would appreciate it. LB's is located uh, 2008 University Avenue, um, Oxford. It's uh, easy to get to right across from Kroger. 662-259-2999. LBsMeatMarketOxford.com is the website. Give him a call. Again, 662-259-2999. Put in your order. Um, he'll have it ready for you. Or go in and browse. They've got all sorts, everything you could want. Uh, beef, chicken, pork, 
a phenomenal selection of sausages. It's all there at LB's. And again, just tell Greg that you heard about LB's on the podcast. You'll be glad you did. We're also coming to you as a uh, result of the sponsorship of Strategic Partners and Media. SPM is a full-service advertising agency. It works with businesses of all types, big or small, Fortune 500 companies to startups. SPM can help your advertising needs for TV, radio, print, and every facet of social and digital media. Look, here's why SPM is really good and different than other ad firms. They handle everything in-house. They don't sub their work out. The writing, the production, the editing is done solely by their staff and crafted uniquely for their clients. And lastly, an Ole Miss grad and a Mississippian is a partner in the firm. So give them a call. See how great they are. It's Austin at StrategicPartnersMedia.com. Again, Austin at StrategicPartnersMedia.com. Now here's Carson McCready. Carson, welcome back into the beer garden. Uh, free agency is almost over as we record this. Kawhi Leonard hasn't made a decision. What do you think happens? We'll start here because it's the big story left. What do you think happens with Kawhi Leonard? Clippers or the Lakers? Oh, you you think he's leaving Toronto? Wait, not Lakers. Clippers or the Raptors? Clippers or Raptors? Okay, you're about to surprise me. Okay, so if he's staying with the Raptors. They'll be thrilled to get him no matter how long it takes because there's really nothing they can do to replace him, right? Nope. But if if Kawhi's staying with the Raptors, he's really screwing the Lakers right now. The Clippers are okay because the, I think – see, me, I kind of like what the Clippers have done with their team. They went out and they got Mo Harkless. Yep. They have saved some, some space. They've saved $20 million. They have the ability – if they don't get Kawhi, they still have a lot of space under their cap. They have the ability to make a move. They could do a number of different things. They'd still have flexibility. The Lakers, though, the Lakers don't really have room because they're planning just to get Kawhi. Well, they have the space for Kawhi, but there's nobody else that they can go get. And they've let a lot of people who could have helped a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis They've let a lot of people get away that could have helped that team. Like, for example, um, Seth Curry, Steph's brother, three-point shooter. He knocked shots down. He'd make sense in L.A. with with LeBron, with Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's gone. So if you're the Lakers and you don't get Kawhi Leonard, where do you go from there? I have no clue. I think that's their problem. I don't think they have a clue. It's why when you make these big gambles, and they've done it now two or three years in a row, and, yeah, they got Anthony Davis. All right, let's, let's go here. If the Lakers don't get Kawhi, I've had people ask me this in my mailbag. If the Lakers don't get Kawhi, who are the best teams in the West going into, going into this season? Let's assume for the sake of this conversation that – because I think – if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, the Clippers are a top three team in the West right away. You yes. Talk into, there you go. You got to talk into the mic. Your sisters were bad about that too. They just put the mic all over the place. No mic presence. I'm kidding. All right. So if but if Kawhi stays in Toronto, who today are the best four teams in the West? Uh, Denver, Utah. I wouldn't throw in Golden State this year, maybe next, depending on what they do. Uh, maybe the Thunder, probably the Blazers. What about Houston? I mean. They're still the same team. They haven't yeah, traded Clint CP3 Capella. And CP3 and Harden, there was all that drama over the offseason. So you think that drama is going to affect them on the court? Maybe a little. Okay. But I still think they're a top four team. They've been yeah. a top four team the last two years. Yeah. It's the same team, and now Golden State's out. Here's what's interesting to me about Golden State. Everyone's counting them out. They still have Steph Curry. They still have Draymond Green. Now they have D'Angelo Russell. Um, They'll have Clay next year. Well, so Clay tears the ACL in June. That's a nine-month injury these days. So if Clay's nine months, that means he's back in March. He's back if that team could make the playoffs. He's back for the playoffs. He would be as good of a late acquisition as any team's going to have. But I, I, 
I don't think I don't think that team now Andre Iguodala's gone. I think he's going to end up with the Lakers. By the way, yeah, saw I, that. I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's enough. I. I think Utah is the best team in the West. They went out. It's a team that already had Donovan Mitchell. They got Mike Conley. Conley gives them the point guard. Nothing against Ricky Rubio, but he gives them the consistent point guard that they've never really had. And now Conley's going to get a chance to play the pick-and-roll game and the pick-and-pop game with Rudy Gobert in much the same way that he did with Mark Gasol all those years in Memphis when the Grizzlies were right there. I mean, the Grizzlies were on the cusp of making that next step, but they ran up. I mean, if you think about the Grizzlies' run, the Spurs were very, very good. The Thunder were were a notch from a championship, and the Warriors were a historically good team all those years. Yes. But – and then I love – Bogdanovich uh, on that team. Yeah. Gives him another guy who can space, who can shoot with Ingles. It's a lot to defend. And Utah, when 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 uh, the big fellas on the floor, they're an exceptional defensive team. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it's Utah and then Denver. Although I do have some questions about Denver. Um, but but they're, they're very good. And then I think it's Houston – And then I think I think it's Portland. What did you think about what? Do, how do you think Hassan Whiteside fits in with with Portland? Uh, what did uh Nurk do? What did Nurkic do? Well, he broke his leg, and obviously by getting Whiteside, that's them sort of saying, "Hey, we don't, we don't, we hope he gets back, but realistically, he's not he going doesn't. to play. Realistically, he's that's that's a one year injury, and he suffered that injury in what April." So, realistically, he's not coming back this season. And I'm pretty sure Hassan has, like, one year left on his deal. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just playing him for this year, and then they'll probably let him walk, depending on what happens with Nurkic. Yeah, I think that ultimately they want to bring Nurkic back. Um, I think Portland. I don't know what I think about Oklahoma City, if I'm honest. I'll say we're the five. I I, I look at the Thunder right now. It's and a five or a six-seed team, that's what I think. And that's what they've been the last two years. And they've been a six-seed sort of team the last two years. I look at the Thunder, and everyone talks about, you know, they need to go get a shooter. They need to do this. They need to do that. Well, what they need is for Russell Westbrook to play like he played two or three years ago. He's got to shoot better. Well, that was when there was no Paul George or – Kevin Durant or any big superstar alongside him for a year. If you're a Thunder fan, the one thing you cling to is last season when Paul George was healthy and playing MVP caliber basketball, Russell Westbrook, even though he wasn't shooting well, he was playing. He was playing, yeah, and he deferred to him. And the Thunder were really good. They were great. And then Paul George had that injury in his shoulder. And then they fell off just yeah. precipitously. So if you're a Thunder fan, that's what you hope for. So you are a Thunder fan. Are you hoping they keep Steven Adams? Or are you hoping that there's some truth to the Thunder-Celtics conversation, you know, where the Celtics would take Adams and then some contracts, Andre Robertson, Patrick Patterson, and the Thunder would take, Gordon Hayward off their hands because Boston would like to get out from under that Hayward contract. And then the other problem with Hayward with them is that Hayward's minutes stopped Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum from playing from as much fully playing the way that yeah. they probably are ready to play. So if you're a Thunder fan, do you want that trade to happen? Honestly, no. Why? I just, I mean, he used to be really good, but it, it's going to take him a while to get to his old self I guess and he's not he wasn't like a Paul George level player no but he was awfully good in his last season in Utah he was awfully good oh yeah so if you offered me say 85 percent of Gordon Hayward his last year in Utah the Thunder they they re-signed Nerlens Noel they went out and got Muscala Mike Mike Mescala, is that his name? Yeah. They went out and got him. Jeremy Grant can play some five. If you offer me Gordon Hayward, last year in Boston there was so much rust after he missed that whole season. I think if if I'm the Thunder, 
it's a gamble I take. Because quite frankly, the team that they've put on the floor the last two years hasn't been good enough. They got beat by Utah in a, a first-round series, and then they got kind of whipped by Portland in a first-round series. They had two shooters. I'm we adding had one, really. If you add Hayward to that team, you add another guy who can handle the basketball, another guy who can shoot, another guy who can distribute. The only other guy out there for the Thunder that makes sense, and I don't know how that trade would work, is the Kevin Love rumors. Kevin Love would be an interesting gamble, but he's not the perimeter player anymore that, that I think Gordon Hayward could yeah. still be. Yeah. I guess. Just see a shooting guard or see like small forward? Hayward? Yeah. Oh, he could play the two. He could play the three. He's just a wing. I mean, you could conceivably, you, you, you know, that's the thing, right? In, in today's NBA, nobody really plays that traditional game that much anymore. I mean, the only te- – like, look at the two teams that just played for the title. I guess Memphis with Gasol, they had a traditional big, but, but Mark Gasol's a guy that can hurt you from the perimeter. Oh, yeah. And, and Golden State didn't play with a center. Golden State won titles without a center. Even if you go back to pre-Durant, the year that they – Went uh, seventy three and nine. Yeah, the year that they lost to to Cleveland in the finals, they they weren't re- they had a center, but they really didn't use him. No, their their death lineup, if you remember, was Curry, was Clay, Curry was and Iggy? Clay, and Draymond Green and Iguodala, and uh, who was the other guy? Bogut, Zaza. And sometimes Randy Livingston would play a lot. I mean, they 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 went with they. Brought Iguodala off the you know off the bench and he played a bunch. All right, so we just went through the West. We didn't even mention the Lakers. We didn't mention the Pelicans. What'd you think about what the Pelicans have done? I love what they've done with their team. They really improved, but I don't think they're going to get there just yet. You don't think Zion's only a rookie? He's not going to. He's not going to like make them go from a. What were they like a? 12 seed or something yeah, like that? Yeah, they weren't a playoff team. I think they're a playoff team. No, I, I see them as possibly an 8 or a 9. I think I think they have a chance to be a 7 and 8. Yeah. I think they're a playoff team. They I went out and got J.J. Reddick. They got Derek Favors. They're not really going to ask Zion to come carry a team. They're just they still have say, Drew Holiday. I love their team. Oh, yeah, me too. They got Lonzo. He's He might get away from his dad. Stop all that, I guess. So, what about the – so, where do you put the – if the Lakers – if this is their team, if it's Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, he had to predict what seed are the Lakers – first of all, are the Lakers a playoff team? I think they are. Yeah. I don't see them as a very high seed, though. You think they're a five-ish? Honestly, lower than that. Oh, wow. Their bench sucks. Everything else in their team other than – Kuz, LeBron, and AD, everything else pretty much sucks, you could say. I mean, Rajon Rondo, he's okay. But he's not the same Rajon Rondo he used to be. No, he doesn't he doesn't do a lot. All right, let, let's let's look at the uh let's look at the East for a minute. Assuming that assuming that Kawhi stays with the Raptors for the sake of this conversation. Are the Raptors good enough to repeat? It's the same team. Are they good enough to repeat? Uh, I don't think they re. They don't. I don't think they repeat. I think they're still like a two or a three, four in there. Who's better than them in the East? If it's not them, who's better than them? I mean, I would say if it's not them, it'd be like I think Philly's going to take a big step up. I don't think Boston – oh, yeah, they did get Kemba, so Boston maybe. See, I think Boston's got a chance to be better. I know they lost Horford. Now, the only thing with Boston is this. As much as I love the guy, you can't play Enos Cantor significant minutes 
and not expect a, a a defensive fall off. Now he he did play well in Portland in the playoffs. Yes, but he but wasn't still, great he, on offense. He was just he could rebound. He could like rebound, and he he was really good offensively in that series. So what about uh, what about the Bucks? They kind of kept everybody. Or do you do you buy into the theory that hey? They're going to learn a lot from what happened. Giannis is going to take the next step. They kept Chris Middleton. They kept uh, Robin Lopez. Brooke Lopez, they added his brother, Robin. They went out and, and they kept Brogdon. I mean, it's the no, they traded, They did a sign-in trade with the Pacers. Oh, that's right. Brogdon's gone. They got a first-rounder and a second, I think. So is, does Milwaukee have enough? I don't think to make it to the finals or win a championship, no. I don't think. Think what, that, I think they're still going to be a really good team in the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to go all the way. What about Philly? They basically trade Jimmy Butler for Al Horford. I mean, it was a really good trade defensively, and Al Horford could – he could help them a lot, I would think. They did lose Jimmy, though. He produced a lot, a lot of points. Like, he had a really good season. Were you surprised that Jimmy Butler picked the Miami Heat? I mean, I didn't even know what was going to happen with him. I mean, after he said he wanted to play in Miami, I wasn't surprised. Like, he went out and told the GMs or whoever it was, he told them that he wanted to play there. So, after that, I wasn't surprised. Figured it was going to happen. All right, so... If you had to pick today, who are the two teams in the NBA Finals this time next year? Uh, I would say, I guess, I don't know if Utah is going to do it. I mean, maybe. I, it's just hard to guess. I'm I going. would think like Philly. I would think like Philly. Maybe Boston. I don't know. You got to pick. Who's who is it? I'll I tell guess you mine. I would say Philly against Denver. Maybe. I've got Utah against Toronto in the finals. Yeah. That's if Kawhi stays. If Kawhi leaves, I've got Utah against Philadelphia. Yeah, I see Philly and. I see Philly and uh, Philly and Boston. I would think as the top two seeds in the East. Okay, we'll switch to a couple other things real quick before we let you go. I know we got big Fourth of July plans. Um, you're all pumped up for the Fourth. Tan guy in Dumbelli is now a Tottenham Hotspur. Who? Don't don't do that. No, who? Don't do that. Who? Ten guy in Dumbelli. I have no clue who that is. He was a footballer, professional, Olympic Lyonnaise. They gave him a ton of money. I, this is, I'm telling you, this guy's going to be a household name within months. Really? The Spurs, the Spurs go out and get ten guy. They're going to win the whole thing. They're going to win the whole thing. Sure. Going to win a lot. Sure. Um, all right. What's wrong with your Cubs? They're not even my Cubs anymore. What's wrong with your Cubs? The Cubs, as we tape this, have fallen into second place. Frankly, over the last 40 games or so, they've been a bad team. What's wrong with the Cubs? You got mad at me last night when I said that they suck. They don't suck. What's wrong with them? I don't know. They're losing a lot. Well, I mean, Cole Hamels is injured. Okay, Cole Hamels has missed one start. Yeah, you can't pin. And you all let of like a twenty-year-old. You let a, no, but you let a twenty-year-old kid pitch his spot, his game. I mean, I get that. Or however old he is. Cole Hamels has missed one start. Yeah, but I mean, like, their offense hasn't been as great. Well, that has nothing to do with Cole Hamels. That's not what I'm not just talking about. Cole Hamels. Okay. And I guess their offense hasn't been as good. 
Cubs four and six in their last ten. They're now forty-five and forty, a game behind Milwaukee, only two and a half ahead of St. Louis, four ahead of Pittsburgh, five and a half ahead of the Reds. If the Cubs, if the season ended today, the Cubs would host either the Rockies or the Phillies in a wild card game. I think we'd be fine, and I mean. We've only played 95 games. We still have, like, 60. 77 left. Yeah, 77 so left. So what makes you think that the next 77 games the Cubs are going to turn it around? What is it that what is it that you're seeing right now that you go, okay, it's going to be okay? I mean, I've seen them go to the playoffs, what, four years in a row? Yeah. I think they're fine. I don't get why you're all down about it. Like, oh, my gosh, they suck. I, I <laughs> There's, like, seven – if you said there's 77 games left, it's like very unlikely they're going to go. There's it's very unlikely they're going to be pretty bad like through 77 games through all of them. I just look at them and see them keep running Addison Russell out there at second base. Well, what horrible. other option do they have? They got to go get somebody. You got to like, go make a, You got to go make a move. Like, you can't keep throwing Daniel Descalso and Addison Russell out there at second base, and there are there are. Pitchers on the Cubs team who are hitting better than those clowns. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't even play that much. Like Addison Russell, he's only played, what, 20 games this season? Uh, He's played more than that because they're stunningly bad when he plays. I think they're 10 and 20-something in games that he starts. Just, I don't know. I, I think Milwaukee's better than the Cubs. You disagree. You're shaking your head. No one can. No one can hear. On I mean, I don't know what to say. You're just getting all down and all like depressed about it. I'm like we're fine. I'm not depressed at all. I just, I just don't see it. Um. All right, tell me this: Who are you excited to see in the home run derby? Who's the who? Who are the who's the one or two guys that you want to see in the home run derby? And how much, as a twelve-year-old, do you like the home run derby? Do you like the home run derby better than the all-star game? No. You like the game better? Yes. Who's the who's the guy though in the in the home run derby that you want to see? Do you want Javi to do the I home mean, run derby? I I could care less, honestly. Really? I mean, I guess that'd be cool. Schwarbs was in it last year. Yeah. Kyle cool Schwarber was in it last year. It'd be cool to see him in it again. Can anybody beat the Dodgers? Uh, yeah. I don't know who, but yes, there's. Oh, okay. They've been beaten. Wait, what's the record? Let's see. As we record this, the Dodgers are fifty-seven and twenty-nine, twelve games ahead of the Rockies in the uh, NL West. So yes, twenty-nine times they've been beaten. They can get beaten. There, we're it's fine. So, last question: We're doing predictions right now. Who? Uh, actually, we're gonna do. Uh, we'll do one more question. Um, but we'll we'll finish the baseball here. Who's in the World Series? We're at, basically at the halfway point. Who's playing in the World Series at the end of October? Uh, Yankees. Who are the other leaders in National League? Ye- in the National League, yeah, it's uh, Milwaukee with the game over the Cubs, Atlanta with the five and a half game lead over Philadelphia, and then the Dodgers. And then in the American League, it's the Yankees with the six and a half game lead over Tampa, the Twins with an eight game lead over Cleveland, and uh, that division sucks. Anyways, it, it is two good teams. It is a bad division. The Cubs would be third in that division. Um, Houston with the six and a half game lead over Texas. Uh, yeah, I see Yankees. Cubs would be fourth in the American League West. Why are you so, like... I'm just pointing it out. The American League West, and that's with the Yankees, Red Sox, and... That's the East, but yeah, go ahead. So, who, who's who's in the World Series? Yankees and... Uh, Dodgers, and they get beaten again, third time in a row. Dodgers lose again. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. I think the Dodgers go to the World Series and lose, but I've got them losing to the Houston Astros. Again? Again. I see the Yankees doing it this year. Well, you know Fox would love nothing more than a Yankees-Dodgers series. When I was a kid, the Yankees-Dodgers in the World Series happened all the time, and everybody wanted to watch it. 
of course, we didn't have TV or electricity back then. And so you had to walk both ways in the snow up a hill barefoot to see a small television and, and see the game. Really? That's how it worked? That's how it was. It was very challenging. All right, last question. Was uh, that harder than how, how you had to get to school? Yeah, well, for me to get to school... Didn't you have to like walk through a tornado or something? Yep, with I had snow to, in it. I had to get up at four o'clock every morning. Four o'clock. Um, do all of my chores. Uh huh. And then I had to walk through a snow-filled tornado yeah. to get to my elementary school, and we did calculus in the second grade. Really? Yeah, they didn't give us. It wasn't like there were no participation trophies. I mean, you had to earn it. Yeah. Uh, all right, last thing. The hot dog contest is uh, is Thursday. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in, what is it, 10 minutes? How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in, in 10 minutes if you entered the hot dog eating competition? You ate five hot dogs yesterday alone. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? Uh, like 37? You are out of your mind. No, it's it's really easy. You just you you could the bread and all. Uh huh. You could not eat thirty seven hot dogs. You'd get so sick after five hot dogs in ten minutes. Then why did you just say I ate five of them alone? I know in ten minutes you ate oh, three yeah. for lunch and then you ate two before dinner. I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, two of them didn't have bread, and also I was just hungry at okay. the moment. And that was, like, hours apart. I think I would be terrible at an eating competition. I'd eat, like, two, two or three at most. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. Those those guys that eat, like, 60-something hot dogs, I, I, I don't see how they stand it. Like, shoved them up their throat, and it's like, ugh. What are you most excited about for the fourth? Anything? Uh, you excited about brisket? Yeah, I'm excited about that goal if it potentially is finished. If our swimming pool goal is put up, yeah. That'd be awesome. Are you going to cry when I just destroy you in the, in the game? Yeah, I'm going to be sobbing. Okay, because I mean I'm... The pool's going to flood. I'm going to be that sad. Yeah, I'm going to... It's going to be bad. Can't you hear it in my voice, like my emotion? Yeah, it's going to be really bad. You're... It's going to be... It's, it'll be the start of a... It won't even be a tradition because... I'll beat you so badly that you won't want any more of it. Really? Yeah. All right, Carson, as always, uh, fun to visit with you. Happy 4th of July. Thank you for all of your uh, your NBA insight. We'll, uh, we'll visit with you again soon. Our thanks to Carson and again to Jonathan Howard for their time on today's Beer Garden. Hope you enjoyed it. A little bit lighthearted. I uh, hope you, uh, everyone has a safe and happy 4th of July blow your fingers off or anything have a good time don't drink and drive all that stuff enjoy the weather enjoy the holiday and we'll be back with you uh next week um for another edition of the uh beer garden presented by oxford crystal we'll get you ready for sec media days for start talking some college football we'll try to get ryan brown on the show next week that's the goal anyway have another couple of ideas as well so we're going to talk college football next week on the beer garden until then have a great weekend take care